This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello and welcome to today's BT Techno podcast. I'm Brian Ashenden and I have the pleasure of leading the BT Technical Services team, a team of experts that are available to answer any technical advice strategy related queries you may have. Now this week, I'm handing the mic over to Erkin Bodek, one of our BT technical consultants, who will explore some of the considerations that can arise for clients who are looking to access their super savings as a result of total and permanent incapacity or meeting the terminal illness condition of release. So Erkin, I'll hand it over to you. Thanks very much, Brian. If an individual ceases gainful employment and the trustee of their super fund is satisfied that they are unlikely because of ill health, to engage in gainful employment that they are reasonably qualified for by education, training or experience, as defined in the CIS regulations, specifically Regulation 1.03c, they may meet a condition of release based on total and permanent incapacity. The process a super trustee would typically take is to request medical evidence in the form of two doctor certificates which prove that the member is indeed permanently disabled. Aside from permanent incapacity allowing a person's accumulated super benefits to be accessed, it also provides the opportunity for the tax-free component of these monies to be increased as well. This is done with reference to the tax-free uplift formula as outlined in the Income Tax Assessment Act. The tax-free uplift percentage is simply the days a person has before reaching age 65 divided by, in brackets, the number of service days, i.e. their eligible start date until now, plus the number of days before they reach age 65. Typically, clients that have a shorter service period or those that are younger, as they have more days to reach age 65, will have a higher tax-free percentage uplift. So when is the tax-free uplift applied to a member's super benefit? If a lump sum amount is being withdrawn, the uplift is applied to that amount, or if super monies are being rolled over to another super product with a different trustee, the uplift is typically applied to the amount rolled over, ultimately at the, at the discretion of the trustee. In this instance, the uplift is applied by the current super funds trustee, not the receiving funds. Importantly, Commencing a retirement phase pension via the existing product won't be grounds for the trustee to apply the tax-free uplift. Also, if an individual has multiple super funds, care should be taken because once consolidated, the earliest service date overrides everything else, which, as just explained a moment ago, will end up reducing the tax-free uplift percentage. Of course, if a person is aged 60 or older, then the tax-free uplift becomes irrelevant in terms of tax consequences on a lump sum withdrawal, although it's still important to keep in mind for estate planning purposes in case any benefits are likely to be bequeathed to non-tax dependents. For lump sum withdrawals from super, the taxation consequences will depend on the age of the individual. Firstly, the tax-free component is always tax-free regardless of the person's age. For the taxable component, this is withdrawn as assessable income, but the maximum tax payable for people who are under preservation age is 20% plus Medicare. If an individual has no other taxable income, then their tax-free threshold is also utilised, meaning this portion of the withdrawal 
benefits from an annual tax rate. For individuals who are between preservation age and 59, they can utilise their lifetime low rate cap, which is currently 225000 before paying a maximum of 15% plus Medicare on the taxable component of any super withdrawals. For people aged 60 and above, all withdrawals are tax-free. What about account-based pensions? Well, as a condition of release has been met, a retirement phase account-based pension could also be commenced, and because the TPD definition has been satisfied, individuals can also access the 15% pension tax offset on the taxable component of their pension payments, regardless of their age, whereas normally a person needs to have reached preservation age in order to be entitled to the tax offset. So for people that are under age 60, any tax-free component of the pension payment is received tax-free, whilst the taxable component is added to their taxable income, but with a 15% pension tax offset attached. So which is the preferred method to access super monies for people who have suffered TPD? Well, it depends on a few factors. The tax-free component of their, of their super benefits, including how much of a tax-free uplift they can benefit from, how much funds they need to access, i.e. is there a large lump sum needed in order to purchase a home, pay off debt, or modify an existing home, versus an ongoing income stream to help supplement other income, such as an income protection policy or Centrelink benefits, and what is their other taxable income now and also going forward. So all of these factors will influence which is the most tax effective way to access super monies. If, for example, the individual does not have substantial taxable income and their cash flow needs are fairly modest, then converting benefits to a pension may be more tax effective. Let's say, for example, that for a 45-year-old, the tax-free component on their super benefits is 25% and that $50,000 in pension payments are required per annum. Only only 37,500 of the pension drawdown will be taxable, i.e. 75%, and there will also be a pension tax offset of 5,625 attached to this payment. Even if the individual is on a 34.5% marginal tax rate, i.e. has taxable income of more than $45,000 from other sources, the net tax payable on the pension drawdown will be 19.5%, i.e. 34.5% tax, less the 15% pension tax offset. And if their income is closer to $23,000 taxable, then only 6% top-up tax will be payable on the taxable component, i.e. the 21% marginal tax rate minus 15%. A lump sum withdrawal from super would attract tax of up to 22%, so slightly more tax. Let's say, however, that a lump sum of $300,000 was needed to pay off debt and modify a home, So 225,000 of this would be taxable, i.e. 75%. This would well and truly push someone into the top tax rate of 47%, which would mean up to 32% net tax payable on a pension drawdown versus a maximum of 22% on a lump sum super withdrawal. So as you can see, there is no better method. It really does depend on short-term and long-term income needs, a person's other taxable income, and how close they are to either preservation age or age 60. Moving on to terminal illness. So terminal illness allows someone who has a terminal medical condition 
the ability to access their super monies 100% tax-free, regardless of their age. A terminal medical condition exists where 1. Two registered medical practitioners have certified, either jointly or separately, that you suffer from an illness or injury that is likely to result in death within 24 months from the date of signing the certificates. Two, at least one of the registered medical practitioners is a specialist practicing in an area related to your illness or injury. And three, the 24-month certification period has not ended. If this is the case, the individual also has the option to convert their super monies to a retirement phase pension instead, if they prefer to keep their benefits in the superannuation system, possibly because they wish to pass on their benefits to their spouse upon death. Unlike permanent incapacity, if the individual is under preservation age and commences a pension, they won't be entitled to the 15% pension tax offset. Also, for people under 60, the taxable component of the pension would be taxed at their marginal tax rate. The pension itself would be a retirement phase income stream, however, so the pension itself would be within a zero tax structure. One big word of caution, if a super fund member has provided documentation to the trustee on the basis of terminal illness and the trustee has accepted this, any super rollover to another super fund is treated as a non-concessional contribution by the new super fund. This is because the individual is deemed to have been paid a tax-free lump sum by the original super fund, which is effectively seen as a recontribution by the new fund. Isn't it interesting that on the one hand, terminal illness allows a person tax-free access to their super benefits, as much as they'd like to withdraw, but on the other hand, if these monies are rolled over to an income stream and the person is under preservation age, there is no pension tax offset available, and any rollover to another super fund means the amount is treated as a non-concessional contribution. Whereas the permanent incapacity condition of release enables a pension to be commenced, but has the added benefit of the 15% pension tax offset, although depending on the amount of money being accessed, some tax may still be payable. I wanted to point this out because we've seen many instances where clients may sadly meet both definitions, i.e. permanent incapacity, as well as terminal illness. So depending on the immediate and also long-term plans for their accumulated super benefits, which may also include a TPD or life insurance benefit paid into their account, you may actually wish to use discretion in terms of which method is sought when seeking a condition of release. Would your client prefer to keep benefits in super or in their own name? Are they on a Centrelink disability support pension and therefore need to keep monies in accumulation phase? Would a recontribution strategy be helpful in order to reduce the taxable component for ongoing income drawdowns now or for better estate planning in the future? There are many factors to consider, each of which will influence which option to pursue. Or you can use both methods, but at different times. You could use the TPD condition of release in order to get the tax-free uplift for one super account, which, depending on the service period and also existing tax-free and taxable components, could be converted mainly or wholly into a tax-free pension account, which could, in turn, be useful for current income needs before age 60 and also estate planning purposes in the future. On the other hand, there may be another super account which has a higher taxable component 
and not benefit as much from a tax-free uplift calculation, and depending on short-term and long-term cash requirements, it may be more effective to utilise terminal illness as a condition of release and be able to withdraw a larger amount tax-free. At BT Technical, we have a calculator which helps calculate the tax-free uplift on member benefits where the individual satisfies permanent incapacity condition of release, and we would be more than happy to discuss with you the options available to your clients. I hope this podcast gave you an insight into some of the things to consider where you have the unfortunate situation of a client who has become permanently capacitated or terminally or terminally ill. Well, that's it from me. Back to you, Brian. Thanks, Erkin. There's certainly a number of considerations that come up in situations like these, which really shows the value of the advice you can give your clients in difficult times. Now remember, if you have any technical advice strategy questions, you can contact Erkin and the rest of our BT Technical Services team by calling them on 1800 655 901 or send the team an email at technical at btfinancialgroup.com. And to keep up to date with the latest legislative and regulatory changes in the financial advice sector, why not join us for our fortnightly BT Academy technical webinars? Our next session is scheduled for Wednesday the 17th of November 2021 where Matt Manning, one of our BT technical consultants, will be presenting and asking the question of whether carry-forward concessional contributions are the most versatile superannuation contribution strategy. This session will focus on eligibility requirements to utilise carry-forward concessional contributions, demonstrates how to quantify the potential benefit of the strategy and traps to avoid, and via the use of case studies, identifies which type of clients are most likely to benefit from this strategy. To register for this webinar, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. There you can also view previous webinars and all sessions do qualify for CPD points. Until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.